the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. I send my card date to the future, but I keep on looking back. Cause in my rearview mirror, it's a ghost of Christmas past trying to flag me down. You know, we are Welcome to the marinade with Jason Earl, a free flowing conversation about the creative process. With creative people, this is episode 112, and our guest is Lainey Jones. Lainey is a singer and songwriter from Central Florida who now makes her home in Nashville. Her outstanding new record, Stories Up High, was released on May 20th, 2022. We recorded this episode just before Lainey's record release party at Will's Pub here in Orlando, Florida. She came over to the house, and it immediately felt like I was talking with a deer trusted friend we went deep on the creative process mental health and the making of stories up high among many topics she was so sweet to our crazy rescue pup conundrum everyone i'm so glad that i have the opportunity to bring you my conversation with laney jones Perfect. Lenny, thank you. Your record's so wonderful. Thanks, Like, Jason. it's not just wonderful. It's like, <laughs> that might be selling it short. It's it's really, it, it is impactful. It's gorgeous. I've listened to it probably 10 times in the last, like, 24 hours on top of the other times I've listened to it. Mm. And there's so much to it that I love, and I want, I'm looking forward to, to diving in. But I just first want to just say, like, congratulations and thank you, because this record oh, is so beautiful. Thank you. That means a lot. I mean, I haven't really shared it with many people, and I've been working on it for probably a little too long. <laughs> uh, but it's. Uh, I'm glad, though. I'm glad I didn't, like, settle, and I'm glad I'm, it's and drenched with my spirit and all that good stuff and oh poor little buddy come on i'm gonna take him all the way oh i mean i don't really mind truthfully yeah let's just do it hello sir are you gonna you gonna call him I'll touch my, I'll touch my other pot. <laughs> I can do it on time, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fine lady in the house. I gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get ready. I gotta, I'm gonna my game face on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna fit in just fine here. Uh. Um. 
<laughs> so we were before my dog was licking his penis. We're talking about um, the <laughs> the record how beautiful <laughs> it is. Um, you mentioned how long it's taken, and well, first of all, how you feeling? Like record's gonna come out this week, yeah. and your record release show is coming up. You're on tour. You played Jacksonville last night. How you feeling like at this moment with this thing that you've been working on for so long that is so beautiful and you're about to unleash into the world? Like right now, how are you feeling? Yeah, it's funny. I just feel like I'm in the right place. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things like uh, I keep saying this, but that writers write what they need to hear. But I think it's true. A lot of the mm. a lot of the songs that they deal with are sort of mantras about just happy with where you're at in this space and time and mm -hmm. I think and also gratitude mm -hmm. and I think that's a big thing <laughs> conundrum. Thank, thank you Mr. Conundrum, <laughs> conundrum <but>. <laughs> I'm very grateful I don't want to have to take you back outside buddy um, you're doing really good no he's doing awesome Really um, good, but I don't know if the people listening want to hear just him lapping <laughs> up your face <laughs> for th 40 minutes. You gonna be good, bud? Last chance. You a good boy? Oh, good job, bud. Good job. Why don't you just lay down? You can just lay down and cuddle with Lainey. That'd be great. All right. He okay, can't keep try. his paws we off try, me. <laughs> we try. She's irresistible. Oh. Okay, so I'm really interested in that, that I that idea of being in such a good place and what like good for you first of all. That's awesome. And I wonder like what what's contributing to that? Is there work that you're doing on yourself to get there? Is it just a set of circumstances where you're just really fortunate at the moment? Yeah, I th I mean, I think it's absolutely a mix of both. Um, over the years, I I think I've always been a person, even since I was a little kid, uh, a thinker in the sense of uh, I'm the youngest of my family by, like, I feel like a decade of my other siblings. I have, like, half, like, si siblings mm. from other, um, just other, you know, obviously mothers. Uh, from another mother another <laughs> sister, you know <laughs> another brother mm -hmm. uh and i think that kind of contributes to this like n natural sort of like loneliness or like where do i fit in mm. uh and everything so i had a lot of time by myself i think even as a, a young kid to reflect on who do i want to be and I think for me, I've been really working on that, who I want to be. And I think musically, it's gotten, you know, me kind of bummed out over the past some years. Just because I think, like, there's a lot of stuff. Like, I write some pops music, and it's so, it sounds, uh, it sounds obnoxious, but it's really easy for me. Mm. But it doesn't feel like necessarily me mm. in some ways. and And so it's like... But and I don't want to fit in the box. I don't want to do what's easy. I want to say something that, to me, is that a little harder to say because I think I know I'm capable of saying it. Mm. It's just figuring out how to do it, 
is mm-hmm. the heart. It's like a, it's a code I'm working on cracking. I'm just trying. Yeah, it's been, it's been bothering me and going in my head. And, and so this is, this is the amalgamation of this out record as those thoughts about healing and how to find your, your place in the universe and, and realizing it's, it's okay to be you. And like, I think that's like really a hard thing for people, especially just as we're young and middle aged or whatever, we're still finding our spot in the world. We haven't made our little mark yet that this is us. And, uh, so I think it's really scary. It's really, uh, it's intimidating. Life is, when you don't have it defined, it's undefined, you know? Oh, that's so true. I've been reflecting on this a lot. Um, I'm, I think I'm a little bit older than you, and I I think, like, I picture where I was, say, 10 years ago, and what I valued and what was important to me and the trajectory of my life, and then I think about where I am now and the the priorities haven't necessarily shifted a ton. I still have kind of a, a similar sort of compass, I guess, moral compass and otherwise. But the way I interact with the world now, and granted there are the pandemic and so many other things have happened since then, the Trump years and so forth that have kind of, you know, intervened in some of that that progress in ways. But it right now in my life at 41, I feel like I am still so in need of growth and so in need of learning. And so, you know, yeah. and I think when you're younger, you look at things and you're like, who am I going to be? And you almost picture like that 40-ish range, right? Where you're like, well, this is who I'm going to be at that point. And I don't have a clue, you know, what's going to happen 10 years from now or 15 years from now or 20 years from now. And coming to peace with that is very difficult, but it's also incredibly important. Oh, for right? sure. Well, I think it's... It's also too it, it 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 allows you like you need to tear down your expectations and have more wonder mm. and more of just that life is really a dream so you can dream who you want to be mm-hmm. but don't have that expectation of it that the universe like we're all just free falling and rather than trying to control it I I kind of had this weird realization actually the last time I went into the record and it was at the end of 2020 I had really had this kind of real moment of breakthrough and complete joy because I I was really struggling with depression and some health issues and I just kind of realized like I I literally said I don't want to feel this way anymore I don't want to let these this depression rule me and these thoughts to rule me and from there with that switch being so determined as I, th- I think that's you know i sought help i i got some medication mm-hmm. that helped just i think Good. reorient my brain mm-hmm. uh chemically because I, I really did need it and then also too just like i uh, have one of my lyrics in the song long way uh, Wiseman said, you better watch your step, mind the words that you say in your head. Mm. Long way, long way, long way, you get fat on what you're fed. Mm. So I really 
every morning. It's so good. It is. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of sounds funny, but it's true. Like, I do, you know, I do a little macarena in the shower under some cold water, get the blood flowing. And, uh, and then, too, I, I just, I say thank you literally to, like, all the parts of my body. Thank oh, you, great. head. Thank you, like, hands. We're, we're going to do this stuff together we're gonna make some stuff happen and it's gonna be a wonderful day each day and there's just and I, I think too now I'm looking with that mentality in mind now it's like everything that happens we're just all free falling in the universe and if something goes unexpected that I didn't want it to happen like maybe you know, I accidentally break my harmonica or flub or whatever. Instead of trying to control it in that one way, I instead take it as an opportunity to do it a different way. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that that sort of gratitude practice you outlined there. And that cold water thing, I've heard that a couple of times. Does that <laughs> yeah. work? Is that? Yeah, I mean, I think it... Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do yeah. think it I don't actually take cold showers all the time. I usually yeah. end on cold water. Okay. And just, uh, I think it also, too, it makes, by forcing yourself to have something that's a little bit, like, brasher or more uh -huh. intense, it makes life, once you get out, so much easier. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Michael McDermott said that, the songwriter Michael McDermott. That's one of the things he does. Is he, he But he just takes straight-up cold showers. And he's like, it just shocks all of your senses. And so then when I get out, I'm like, all right, world, let's do this. I'm yeah. ready. You yeah, know? there let's you get go. It. So has your, good for you, I'm so happy for you that you uh, that you recognize the depression, that you, that you addressed it, that you're working through it. We talk about mental health a lot on the show. And I'm interested in whether or not having done so has impacted your creative process one way or the other. It's hard to say. I think actually it probably has really helped me truthfully, even though the majority of these songs were written mm -hmm. in a in a state of depression, like maybe like half of them, you know, uh, I was just at home sitting in my living room, either playing on my piano or sitting on my grandma's couch and just letting whatever just hit me in the gut i i write from a flow kind of state mm -hmm. where it just i have whatever instrument in my hand and it just comes like flickers in and as the more you kind of listen to it and latch onto it there's like when it gets really good it's just whoa it, it's mm. crazy how the words come together and it's not really something that I necessarily strung together. It's just mm. like, wow, ah, that's really good. And I don't know how that happened. Wow. Uh, is how I feel about yeah. songwriting. It's just word vomit. <laughs> that's really interesting because you're, you're an outstanding writer. And so like the idea that it would just be word vomit, there has to be things that are going into that. So, like, what are you, what kind of things are you consuming? Like, are you, a, are you a reader? Are you, like, watching films? Like, what are you, to get into that flow state, 
what are the things that are that are informing that vomit, that word vomit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to be eating some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I do watch. Uh, oh, I have. Not not right now. But uh, I, I do read. I listen to podcasts. Mm, nice. Uh, yeah. Listen to music, movies, movies, all that good stuff. Art, just even reflecting. I bought my first... Uh, I feel like real piece of art and oh, it's fine. actually by Andrew Combs. Uh-huh. I got it. He uh, is a awesome musician. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I live in Nashville and they're having an art show. Court, uh, Courtney Marie Andrews is, uh, is a sort of, is a friend. Uh, she, but cool. she's dating a friend and uh, yeah. And so I got Ooh. invited to the art show with this cool little scene in Nashville and I saw this art. I spent, you know, too much money that I shouldn't be, but it was just really cool. And how, like those moments are so rare mm-hmm. that you get an opportunity to support something that is just so unique. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's really exciting. So oh, I had to, do, I had to do it. As like, how many moments in my life will this? I, I get to do this. Hundred you know? percent. As and as the partner of an artist, um, I appreciate that that, you, that you're spending the money on it because I think it, it is it is hard to make that decision. Art is very expensive, right? Especially yes. if you're talking about like a painting. But the person who created that work put so much into it. It's the it's the constant sort of challenge with with music. Also, is how much work you put into it, and then how difficult it is to then monetize that in a way that that is. Um, you know, uh, commiserate with what the work that you put in. Um, so I want to kind of back up a little bit to like tracing your life to Nashville. Yeah. And I'm really interested in sort of the moment that you decided like, I'm going to, I'm going to go this music route. Can you talk a little bit about like making the decision where you were, what was going on that you went you know what my life here's what it looks like i'm headed toward music because that that's something we wrestle with a lot on the show is and and creatives wrestle with a ton is like making the decision to go for it because it can be very scary and it can be very uh nerve-wracking so can you talk about like making that decision and sort of how you got to that place yeah uh so i i I'll back up a few years, more almost a decade before where I'm at now. When I was in high school, and ever since I was young, I really, I think I always loved the creative fields, loved drawing. I loved listening to music, but I, I didn't grow up with performers or anything around mm. me. But I did get really involved in theater throughout all mm. my middle school and high school. I went to an arts high school in Jacksonville for a, a little bit Which on one? Douglas Anderson School oh, right of the on. Arts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was really informative, but it was also so overwhelming. I think I got burnt out from trying to, so hard yeah. in school uh, as like almost valedictorian, you know, uh-huh. sort of thing and and just studying but kind of not feeling the real necessarily meaning behind it like I didn't I didn't Mm. feel fulfilled I I felt fulfilled when I was doing like community theater uh in Mount Dora Mm because I I was like this big friend group that you got to make art and put it on with your friends and to me that's 
what is so exciting about art in general and especially like music and putting on shows it's that you're creating something with other people and then you invite other people in that little world and you're just playing we're all playing together and that's I've always been in love with that and I think that experience of doing theater has made has turned that turned into music for me interesting but when I got into college like I I really was so burnt out. Like I didn't even necessarily apply to schools. And I was pretty much I think I like graduated like third or or fourth in my whole school and that means like taking a whole bunch of honors classes and stuff like that. At Douglas Anderson? At Douglas wow. Anderson. For um, folks listening, that's a pretty competitive place to be doing that well. Yeah, I I and I spent a lot of time just studying and, and trying tr- trying to be smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you gotta try. <laughs> I had to try. Yeah, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't come that easy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, but I got so burnt out. I didn't like my mom actually helped me with my college applications because I was just depressed. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I just felt I felt done. I felt washed up. Interesting. Even out of going at, out of high 18, school, 17, 18. Yeah, yeah, seventeen years old. So Damn. I went to I went to Rollins College because it uh, my parents live in Mount Dora, so it was close to home, and it was still a great school. I got scholarships, and it, it was a great place to be. And it's a liberal arts school, so even mm. though I did business, I did international business because that's what my parents said. Like, just do that, and yeah, it's yeah. in everything. Uh, I quickly realized I'm like business wearing suits. This is not for me. Right on. But Been I there. still graduated with my my international business degree. Oh, okay. I, went, I lived. But so what happened was is I started a writing. Uh, I picked up a guitar. I'm like my first like relationship, you know, mingling uh-huh. sort of thing. Uh-huh. And after my second semester, I just started writing ditties and started writing songs and as soon as that happened just a way as like a form of therapy it just felt so freaking good to me and Mm. then from there I I, you know showed some of my parents and friends or whatever I started going to coffee shops and I went to Austin's Coffee down right on yeah Austin's Coffee Winter Park yeah yeah and uh there's this place it's not there anymore in Eustis Florida uh, called Olivia's Coffee Shop that okay. they had a great folk singer songwriter open mic there. So I'd go there every Friday night and Austin's every Tuesday, and so it was just like this release, and it was this way of just having a little bit of something to share, and then being part of a community. And I got addicted to that. But part of my program for my international business degree, I was. I was my uh, major for that. My major in my language was actually Mandarin Chinese. So mm. I studied abroad in Shanghai for about six months, and that was in my junior year. And I really missed music. Wow. And that's and while I was over there, I had I actually had a little ukulele that I bought here. I said, made in China, and I <laughs> packed it in my bag, <laughs> brought it over to China, then brought it back, and I ended up selling it at a show to help, you know, pay for stuff along the road. Uh-huh. But I just, when I came back, after, I mean, after that, that's when I decided, I just, I can't, I can't, I want to do music. Like, if yeah. I'm going to put 
my effort into anything. I want it to be something that just that I want to do. And I was getting such good feedback, Mm. even from being such a newbie at the like the craft of songwriting and playing. And I just I just decided I just want to keep trying at this because uh, I don't know. I just I couldn't help it. So this is so interesting that because like Rollins, you're at Rollins. Rollins is like for folks listening is like a a well-known liberal arts private school here. Mr. Rogers famously went there. Yeah. Um, it, it, you're studying international business. There's like a, there's a type there. There's like a thing, you know what I mean? There's a type of, of, of hyper driven person that's doing that track kind of thing. Right. Mm. Driven in that way. And then to make the shift to music, is is on its face at least quite the 180 right <laughs> yeah. and so you kind of talked about it as like well there's had to like was there a was there a wrestling back and forth that you went through were there conversations you were having with people it takes a lot of courage i would say to make that decision to go i'm headed down this international business path it ain't for me i'm gonna go this other direction but it's quite a risk to do that. Absolutely. I think, well, also too, I know I'm very, very fortunate as far as I had a scholarship mm-hmm. to Rollins, so I wasn't risking my butt on the line with that. And two, it was a liberal arts school as well, and I think, truthfully, if that's an advertisement for Rollins, is that... I got to do so many different classes while I was there too. Like I studied uh, like Buddhist philosophy Mm. or like writing about comedy. I did some honors program for a little bit. So I got to read all these weird books and stuff. I did ecotourism class. So it it got me expanded my brain Mm -hmm. as well. So I wasn't just stuck in that world. I did music too there. Now they have a songwriting program there. Mm. And it's Dan Flick is one of the teachers who started it and he had a little club there. It was just a club and now it's a whole whole track i think it's even a, like an actual thing at rollins now cool and i think it's actually because people like me who were just trying to find i i think just a voice mm. there it's i really think songwriting is to me uh, a blend of actual writing but then also for me it's also a form of philosophy is how I look at songwriting for my own self and music, obviously. <laughs> That's really interesting. That's also not only a commercial for Rollins, but just for the idea that we should that people should have access to to a college degree if they want it and not have to be burdened by the financial aspect oh, of absolutely. it. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, because there are so many moments. Like I, I think back to my own my own college life was a fucking mess, but. Um, it, I eventually graduated and eventually went on to grad school and I'm going back um, oh, wow. again. Yeah. But, but through that whole journey, there was, there was basically like my senior year that I got it right. <laughs> you yeah. know, it was like, it was kind of a mess the whole time. Yeah. And then my senior year I got it right. And what I got right was 
I treated, I truly treated college as a full-time job. I had a part-time job working uh, at a tennis shop or whatever, yeah, but I truly yeah. treated it like I got up, I did the work, I stayed on campus all day. I like went to every single lecture, every, every single like free lecture, you know, they'd bring yeah. in speakers, you know, oh, that's cool. All, yeah. all, and there's free concerts all the time on college mm-hmm. campuses. And the first three years I, I was on, I was in college. I just didn't do that. I, just, I was chasing girls and like trying to, you know, uh, yeah. partying too much and just doing not. And yeah, I was reading and, pay, you know, going to class, but not really, not the way yeah. that if you truly take advantage of it, how much it can expand your mind, how much it can open up a belief that there's something other than the traditional track, whatever that traditional track is, or what those expectations were. Did you feel expectations from other people? Were your parents putting any pressure on you at all? Like when your decision to go into to music rather than do the business route, was that met by people around you in one way or another? Well, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I got my business degree, so right. I had to finish out. There was that right. expectation of that for sure. And I, I definitely, you know, met along the way, just like I had teachers who were not very, I guess, supportive of different things. But I, uh, just as far as, oh, I remember like being asked, like be in the honor society for this like business program. And Mm -hmm. I was like, like, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste that money on, Uh. on that. It's kind of was just like this awakening point for my own self truthfully it's like this is all like we're just buying into the system you know it was kind of one of those things that i just don't want to buy into this and i'm not going it doesn't matter to me who Mm -hmm. gives you know whatever yeah um but yeah it also too i mean the way it kind of worked out with me as far as like I had a great scholarship for Rollins and I knew like I really did not want to do that truthfully. I did not want to do business and that was the expectation for me and my parents who kind of made a deal because I got into this really cool school over in I think it was Scotland for theater. Oh cool. And I auditioned when I was a junior in high school and I was like I really want to do that but I was obviously a junior so I couldn't go over there and then also too it was just like oh that stuff costs money so my parents we kind of made this deal that okay you go get a normie degree you know (laughs) with some scholarship money and all that stuff and then if you still want to do a you know the theater school afterwards we'll, we'll help you with that right but for me I fell in love with music during that time and so for me, I had heard about this school called Berkeley College of Music. Of course. Uh, while I was taking, I took some side vocal lessons still at Rollins, just trying to keep, because I still, I always sang, but I never had written or played any instruments really, besides like the one, you know, piano lessons where I had like panic attacks, you know, trying uh, to play yeah, for people. Yeah. Um, Recitals and the whole bit. Oh, yeah. No, and yeah, I, 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 I didn't last long. I had one recital. Ever. Okay. Yeah. No, so... Uh, so yeah, so I, I had heard about it. The, the seed got planted about Raw. Uh, sorry, at Berkeley, and I fell in love with the writer Gillian Welch uh-huh. and David Rollins. Oh yeah, and I heard that they went there, and met met there actually. So once I I heard that, the I only after I was graduating from Rollins, I was only applying to one school, and it was just to the undergraduate at Berkeley because. I so such a new player and writer. 
uh, and I got in. I applied early. Wow. I I made a whole secret CD yeah. with most, uh, and I just I sent it all in. A professor at Rollins helped me put together. Dan Flick helped me put together it, and I got like the highest songwriting scholarship you wow. could get there, and so that helped. And I went I went to Berkeley for a couple years. Wow. And and I, I that truthfully that has sustained me up until this point because that's where I learned how to do songwriting and, and or songwriting pop songwriting in particularly yeah. and that's what keeps my lights on if I'm being honest is yeah. is just being able to collaborate with people in that other way that's not my my inner world you've just heard my inner world yeah with the record that I'm just releasing now but I, I write all of the other stuff and that's all collaborations with people and, and it's exciting and my own record's a collaboration too, but it's it's a deeper, deeper, darker world. Yeah. You know? It's not it's yeah. Okay, so th- that's interesting because your self titled record from twenty sixteen is has a I hear more of that the pop sensibility than I hear on this record, even though this it's not like this record is devoid of hooks. It's not yeah. like this de- record isn't a sing along kind of thing. It's not like this record doesn't get you moving. It just is a much more introspective sounding record than the last one, which is also wonderful. But they're very different as I hear them. Yeah, and I'm interested in that. Like, how is part of that what you mentioned earlier? Is it more what you mentioned earlier, which is the idea of like you know, you needed to, you needed to explore this side of your creativity. You needed to go to this place. Um, or is it a function of sort of like just the intervening six years and like whatever has happened in your life in those intervening six years or maybe something else? Like, do you hear that same difference? And, and also what do you think contributes to it? I definitely could see that and hear that. And I think what contributes to it is just not giving anything, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I'm just I before when you're younger, you're so susceptible to peer pressure. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. with the record before, I had some people in my life that were kind of pushing me one way mm. or the other. Mm. And and that's when I, that's when I had to let that go. I had to cut myself off from those people. Because I couldn't, I couldn't be my real voice, and without yeah. being your real voice and letting it flow through you, whatever it is, it's just like I said, you can't control it. Yeah, you can't control your free falling of the universe because it's just gonna come back to bite you. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I just I needed to listen to my actual creativity, and and this is this record is that. That is so wonderful. How difficult was it to cut ties with those folks or to get those folks out of your sort of creative orbit? It it was rough, man. Yeah, it, yeah but the thing is, it's like they're doing well, and that's awesome. I'm really, I'm happy for them. Yeah. But it's just, I'm really happy for myself, too, because I'm really proud of where I'm at. You know, yeah. So, and I'm excited, and it's it's cool because I'm with people now, who I feel like support my true voice. Oh wow! And that to me, that's just really exciting. That is incredibly exciting. Good for you. That is incredibly exciting. So, 
learning learning how to write pop songs and writing those pop songs and then versus the process now you mentioned earlier how much it's such a flow for you and how it comes out when you're writing when you approach a pop song is it a similar kind of flow or is it is there more of a formulaic discipline to it like how how are those things different if at all those processes yeah i think there's more of a goal i think behind it and with this record the goal it's kind of like life and funny enough i feel like this record is just like a slice of my life you know or a slice of the meaning of life mm. uh but with pop writing songs there's just sort of this goal in mind of you want it to be this kind of vibe and usually for for that too rather than just free flowing whatever comes out i sometimes because you're usually i'm usually working with a producer on Mm. those i listen to the vibe and then i start i call it a word salad where i just write all like fun words down and then from there i start coming up with it is a free form but it's more like i come up with melodies and i can have just these words to pull from you know Uh and 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 there's a vibe and there's sort of a goal and there's always you know the formula is is the chorus you know Mm -hmm. there's always some sort of chorus that's very just that's what it is or it's very simple and you know there's certain melodic hooks and there's a form versus like the the title track of Rec- the stories up high mm-hmm. i don't like i i that came out really fast that song and I, I like my husband brian is like that's one of the best songs you've ever written but i like uh, to me my like little songwriter brain but I'm like, I don't know what form this is. Like, I don't know what this is. And so I was kind of, I actually, I went in the studio a time before and I didn't record that song because I was just like, I don't know what this is. Interesting. Yeah. So how did, how did you make those decisions on the record? It, what did you have, like what, what stayed and what didn't? Yeah, no, I I actually went into the studio like three times, and uh. my second time that I went in, none of it made the record, and then or in some of those songs, instead of using the record or the the studio recording, I actually just scratched away with it and recorded at my house, uh, with me and Brian, and it just kind of came together. I mean, I had ideas multiple times throughout the process of working on it i had at one point making this like a 30 song record truthfully because i had so many songs and i i do believe in all the songs Uh they're just it's finding out how to record them to serve the song that's i think like the biggest thing that i learned that i've been working on throughout this whole time Mm is that I was learning how to serve the song through recording and mu- musically. Yeah. Cuz I think I think my songs have always been there cuz I don't think they come from me. They come from some other magical place. Okay. And they are fully formed, but I am not. And <sighs> I'm just the person that it flows through and so I'm trying to get it right to serve that 
that greater thing out there. What do you think that is? Are you are you a spiritual person? Are you a religious person? Like, what do you think that, or is it magic? <laughs> what do you <laughs> think that is? Yeah, I mean, I, I I have some you know past trauma from ascribing to actual religious stuff just from being in you know schools and hearing that you know my gay friends will be burned in hell and all of that BS so Mm -hmm. I I definitely don't ascribe to that but I think life is nothing but magic baby (laughs) nonsense thinks it's nothing but magic it's all nonsense it's all magic to me yeah it is show off your stretches there you go. Yeah, the f- I I think I really think there's just so much wonder in the world that we yeah. we're even here to get to share this conversation together and the fact that it's being recorded yeah. and then done on your phone and it's all that just crazy stuff out there that I who's to say what it all means? It's kind of like what they say about any kind of story doesn't make sense until it's done with. It's like it can only let's you can only live it going forward, but it'll only make sense going backwards. That's is that I'm quoting that right or what was what is it? I don't know that one. You don't know it? I don't think so. It must be lived forward, but to understand it you have to look at it backwards or something. Okay, I mean, that makes it's, sense. It's some, yeah, it's more eloquent than that, but that I mean that's that's what I think that uh, to me this re- I think actually making this record made me more spiritual. I think I was kind of like because of my that all that stuff. I kind of shut myself off and kind of was like, oh, I think I might be an atheist or whatever. But I really don't. Th- I don't think that. Like I'm not. I'm. I believe in something. I believe there's magic all around. I think we just we can't see it. We can't uh, unless you know you're really attuned. You know, uh-huh. and there's vibrations that. We know this. I think there's magic, and science just hasn't been able to prove it yet. As far mm-hmm. as just spiritual stuff, mm-hmm. that because there's all these particles. If you think about it, that there's all these particles that are going, moving all the time. Your glass is it's moving all all the time. We just mm-hmm. we can't feel it. We can't see it with our our brains and our eyes, but it's there. And I think there's all these waves that are passing back and forth frequencies between each other. And I think that's why, like, vibes, good vibes, mm-hmm. lower fre- lower vibrations. Mm-hmm. I think there is real truth to that, that there, I'm just seeking to be on a, a, highest, a high vibration. I you love know. that. That's why I'm so, I'm so grateful that you came over, right? Like, if we yeah. did this on Zoom, it'd be fine. Right, we'd have a good. Clearly, we are gonna have a good conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, we're, we're yeah, we're forty minutes deep, and it's it feels like talking to a friend. Yeah, but there is a difference in sharing that energy and being in the same room with somebody, and this, this, this the same is so true of of music, right? You can <clears throat> make a piece of a track and send it to your friend, who then plays you know a piece, and it works. A lot of people do it really, really well. Um, but there's just no substitute for being in the room with somebody, oh, for you sure. know, and, and, and feeding off of their energy and being able to, to, to see their facial expressions and to, to experience those expressions, not just as a physical manifestation, but as something that we're exchanging in terms of energy. It makes such a difference when we're in the room with each other. And yeah, I think that's, 
that sounds like you're at a good place when it comes to that kind of concept of spirituality, right? Where you're sort of like maybe still exploring, but but you've kind of come to a, a good kind of mile marker, it seems like, and that the record kind of helps with that. Absolutely. Well, and two, I, I, I think Buddhist philosophy, that, that course, mm-hmm. Mr. Anthony D'Amato, I think I'm saying maybe, I don't know, it's Professor D'Amato. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, to me, I think the idea that I thought from that was really interesting that life is you know, pain and struggling and where you're searching for samsara, nirvana, mm-hmm. that, that place of just finding peace. Mm-hmm. And I think, I really think nirvana, heaven, can be experienced here mm-hmm. on earth. Granted, there's life situations that are really freaking messed up that you can't control that really freaking suck. But at the same time, too, all you can control is how you react to it Mm -hmm. and how you view it. And I think from there, that's I mean, that's the only way because I feel like I really do feel you can choose to be whoever you want to be. It's Mm -hmm. just putting your your mind to it. I know that sounds kind of corny and I hope not insincere to anybody who's suffering at all right now. But I think I think it's a practice that and I think we're we're all really powerful inside of us. We have the power to change change our lives, you know? I 100% agree with you and I I think I, I, it, it resonates with me what you said about sort of like you, you hope that doesn't sound insincere to somebody who might be going through some really heavy stuff, you know, yeah. um, because it is all relative. And that's another thing to kind of keep in mind too, Yeah, you know, as, as we approach how we're, how we're reacting to things is the idea that like my reaction to it is going to be informed by everything I've experienced in my life. I just had, I just went, I told you how I went home this past weekend and, uh, just kind of going through some things and I did not react well. I just didn't, you yeah. know, and I, I'm not beating myself up about it. I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, okay, I know why I did that. What I did didn't really harm anybody. My reactions didn't really harm anybody. Right. Yeah. It's just that it's not how I would have liked to have reacted. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, I, I just wouldn't have liked to have reacted that way. And to look back on it, at this point in my life, I've come to a place where I'm like, okay, next time, not going to do that. Next time I'm going to react differently. Cause also now I've been in that space, right? I've had that experience. Yeah. And so it's a lot easier to react to something you've already experienced. But if you're in regular practice of reacting in a way that you are proud of, or that you do feel comfortable with, it's a lot, you're less likely to react negatively. And that, that was my, one of my big takeaways from the, from this past weekend as I was like, I haven't been practicing yoga. I haven't been meditating. These are all things that really, really helped me. I have not been writing like I normally do. Yeah. You know, I haven't picked up my guitar. You know, all these things that really helped me just get in that place so that my reactions are more positive or my reactions are more focused on what can I control and how am I going to control those things rather than being beholden to outside forces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, 
you know, too, don't beat yourself up, too, sure. you know? Like, sure, that's... Sure. And, like, too, it's not... But that can be hard. It can be, it can be so hard, and especially, too, if you're just if frustrated in the moment or whatever. It's so... It's so easy to feel that way, and I, I definitely, I definitely feel that that way. Sometimes I get, you know, even just like nervous about performing or whatever, mm. or just like worried, oh, is this gonna be a good show or not or whatever. But then, you know, the thing is, is when you're in the moment, though, it actually becomes like a magical, wonderful Absolutely. thing. And in, I think like we're going back, it's all about expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go in with a certain expectation and because then it's never whichever way it's it's never gonna it just doesn't work that way life yeah. doesn't work that way you can't have expectations for your life or else i mean you can make plans but you you know don't be afraid to break them break them yeah. there's power in, in that that's another line from a song <laughs> remember <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the record, man. <laughs> <laughs> Records full of wisdom. This is, this is how we get there. Yeah. This is how we get there. That's a pretty. That, I mean, that's a very zen concept too. That idea of detaching from outcomes. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, but it's practice. It's so much practice. You, you like when I'm in that kind of speaking of flow. When you're in that flow of detaching from outcomes, you're you're so much more present in the moment, and you and you do better work. Right. Like yeah. if if you're just staying in the moment and you're detached from the outcome, you're reminding yourself of that. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. I need to in the morning, like during my morning pages, just remind myself like to detach from outcomes today, you know, and just yeah. do the work, whatever it is that you're doing, just doing the work, because ultimately it ends up being the best when I'm not worried about what it looks like on the other end. If I'm just worried about this task at hand right yeah like if i was thinking about how i was going to edit this while i was talking to you that wouldn't make for a very compelling conversation because i'd be too distracted whereas if i'm in this present moment it's a lot and i'm guilty that sometimes right where i will be thinking about like that i need to edit out conundrum you know (laughs) 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 about 40 percent of the time i have to edit out conundrum um uh but it being in that present moment then you know this conversation I'm proud of already. And I know it's going to come out well because we've been, you know, focused in this moment and detached from the outcome and just allowing it to flow the way that needs to flow. Totally. Mm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And that, I remember I, I also, I too, I, I follow when on Instagram because you have to do the socials like everybody else these yeah. days. And uh, the, the thing is just never close, like always remain open. Uh-huh. And that, and that's really the key in all of, all of your life you know if you can just ride the wave of enjoying whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. even if it's just working out and you don't want to Mm -hmm. or taking out the garbage or whatever once you ascribe some meaning behind it that Mm -hmm. i'm doing this so i'll have a better house or i'm Mm -hmm. putting in this run which i really suck because i want to be a healthier person i want to live mm-hmm. longer mm-hmm. and i'm doing this because for a reason that really matters mm-hmm. to you then everything becomes enjoyable yeah and it and it makes everything allows you being way more open you yeah. know 
and way yeah. more present and everything. Hundred percent. Oh, that's beautiful. The I don't want to take too much. We've almost gone an hour, which is kind of crazy. Oh, it's um, been great though. You, <laughs> no, yeah. you lighten up me too, because I was getting kind of sleepy. I had the post post lunch coma. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I, I'm glad not now that you had the post lunch coma, but that I I got you pepped up. What What do you consume? So we talked earlier about about what you're about what kinds of things in general you consume we usually like to end on the art that has you fired up at the moment so the painting you just talked about which is really exciting is there a record you've been listening to is there a book you've read a film could be a podcast something's got you fired up right now yeah yeah well so for uh record store day Mm. uh my husband got remembering dolores by the cran- it's a cranberries mm-hmm. record well in uh, remembrance and this he puts it he's been putting it on every morning at the house and this the first song on it i think it's called perfect day mm-hmm. and it's so good it's that whole record I, it's obviously nice. it's just select songs from their catalog but i hadn't really explored it that much besor- besides the hits yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's been just making me feel really nice every morning. Also, too, uh, I don't do these every day like I should, mm. but it is a practice that I I really did. I've had points where I felt really on fire, and I really that's really helped describe my mental sort of thought pattern is uh there's a thing called the five rights the five tibetan rights and i learned about it through this book by james nestor called it's either called breathe or breath um i guess how you say it or maybe there's an e i don't know uh but i learned about about how breathing just in general it's another form of food for your body that's why we all have noses so we can consume uh and a lot of times too a lot of times when you have social anxiety too or just you tend to hold your breath actually while looking at your phone Mm -hmm. so much and so some reason you're start having this anxiety for some reason and if you actually just hold your breath for a little while and you per- you breathe with purpose mm-hmm. makes you feel so much better it really helps with anxiety so simple and so powerful yeah and I, s- I start every class period with my kids i got i teach middle schoolers i start every class period with we take deep breaths right even just now talking about it and doing it i feel better it feels so good it's just like a nice yeah. shot of minty coolness to, to the dome, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, the energy level, everything. I mean, and bring, talk about bringing yourself back to, your, to the present moment. I mean, that's, again, why I need to get back into practicing yoga and meditation is because it's all about that, right? Bringing your awareness back to your breath so that you're in that moment and that you're not distracted um, by thinking about things you can't control because you can only control this present moment. That's all we got right now. Yeah. You know? That's great. Well, Lanny, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Your show's Thursday. Um, folks can get the uh, pre-order of the vinyl, right? Still mm-hmm. uh, looks yep. beautiful. Are you gonna have copies at the show? Unfortunately, they did not Arr. come in yet. But I, I actually, 
have been talking to uh, Park Ave CDs. Okay. And looking into possibly doing an in-store when I'm back in Florida in December for uh, a festival. I'm playing the Orange Blossom Review. So. I totally forgot about that. We, my creative partner Jen Ross and I covered Orange Blossom Review last year, and we'll be there this year. Amazing. So we'll be there covering, and that lineup looks amazing. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. You, Neil Francis, the uh, the, the Wood Brothers again, just burned it down last year. Langhorn Margot Price, Langhorn Slim, so Little. Yeah. So many great acts. So I totally forgot that you're going to be there. That's so exciting. I'm really pumped. That festival. I mean, and I've I've been fortunate to get to cover a lot of festivals and then just attend a bunch as as a fan. I loved that festival. It was so chill, and they are so nice. Everybody's just like so pleasant, and it's in such a gorgeous setting. I just didn't know Lake Wales. Like yeah. I had buddies from there or whatever in college, but I never went to Lake Wales. You know, I went <laughs> to Bach Tower, you know, once, and I didn't go to sort of down by Lake Wales itself and see how the sun sets there and just a whole bit. That's really exciting. I'm glad you reminded me of that. And for folks listening, it's worth a trip, even if you're out of state. Like, just a great setting, great festival. Chill, just such a chill festival. And oh. that lineup is killer. It's going to be a party. Oh, yeah. It's going to be super great. I'm so pumped. And two, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I'm playing with a trio at the moment, and we're uh -huh. on our first six shows and i'm so excited to be playing with with these guys cool. and i'm just i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing how we develop even just in these next months by the time we get there because we're opening for a blitz and trapper out west and we're going to be on tour like all through june into the beginning of august awesome so we're wow. just getting started yeah. yeah really really hustling I'm, I'm really excited to start putting myself out there again and and i'm just excited excited so oh that's fun blitz and trout i love those guys i i uh they have to, a great new record out too fantastic yeah. yeah um holy smokes future jokes yeah fantastic I, I got to interview eric early but uh it was a phoner and the set like 15 minutes in he just cuts out oh no so like I had a podcast interview with him that was delightful right about the time that record came out. Yeah. And then right about 15 minutes, like everything's great. And I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I hit a button or just the program that I used to record it. Just, Better check it. I know. Well, <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> if not, we'll sit down at Orange Blossom yeah. Review, I guess. <laughs> if I can talk you into it again. No. Oh, no. Good. It's your pleasure, man. Yeah. Good. Um, Lane, thank you again. So excited for you. I'm excited for folks to hear the record. It comes out uh, Friday, so by the time this comes out, it will already have been out in the world, and folks can get the vinyl, which looks beautiful, um, kind of translucent-looking, kind of yeah. beautiful colors, and artwork looks gorgeous, and the record's just outstanding. Like, you've just made an incredible record, and I'm so excited for folks to get to hear it, and I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. for having me. This has been such a lovely conversation. Good. So. I'm so glad. Yeah. Good
Lainey Jones, y'all. Thank you so much, Lainey. Thank all of you for listening. What an honor. What a pleasure. I had so much fun with this conversation. We ended up going like another 30 minutes, maybe an hour, I don't know, off mic, where Lainey and I were just hanging out talking about life afterward. And it just like, you know, I, I really look forward to the next time our paths cross. She is a bright light and so smart and so thoughtful and just makes incredible records. This record, Stories Up High, is available for purchase at Laney-Jones.com. Give it a spin. If you like what you hear, get you a physical copy. The vinyl looks beautiful, and it's just a wonderful record. The song you're hearing in this episode is Not Alone from Stories Up High. I also want to give a shout out to Josh from All Eyes Media for helping make this happen. Publicists are unsung heroes, and I really appreciate Josh and all the publicists that I get to work with when in making the marinade. Marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support the marinade. And if you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. The last few episodes of Jason's Journey have been extra special. I just dropped one last week. We also sometimes will release like... um, extra content from a particular conversation that maybe didn't fit as a um, feature episode or conversations um, that are a little more impromptu sometimes that I get to have with some of my friends who are songwriters or or visual artists or whatever they might be doing uh, creatively. So check that out if you can swing it. I also uh, post what I'm getting down on, which is an examination of the art that is inspiring me at the moment. That's all over on Patreon, patreon.com slash marinade podcast. If you're interested, if you want to support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, I totally get that. You can Venmo or PayPal us at the marinade. All the money goes right back into the show. Right now, that means saving up to cover some festivals. We've got some really cool things on the calendar, and I'm really looking forward to those opportunities. Above all, just thank you so much for listening and spreading the word about the show, everybody. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about really quickly that I've mentioned the last few weeks is a title playlist I've been doing called Marinade Musings. Um, you can just go into title and type in marinade musings title has a free tier now. So if you were holding back from using it because you already have your Spotify playlists or your Pandora playlists, or your Apple music playlists or whatever, um, you can, you you can't access everything for free, right? But you can find the playlist at least. And it's, uh, it's a short list of songs that I find interesting stuff. I'm letting sort of marinate. Also, as this is being released, we have some cool stuff going on over on marinadepodcast.com. I would love for you to check out my great friend and creative partner, Jen Ross and I covered Waxahachie, Cheryl Crow, and Jason Isbell and the 400 unit at the St. Augustine Amphitheater just a couple of days ago. Y'all, if an artist you love is playing the amp, go. Make plans. If you like to camp, book a campsite next door at Anastasia State Park and go. It's my favorite venue in Florida. And one of my favorites anywhere, if the, this tour, Waxahachie, Cheryl Crow, and Jason Isabel in the 400 unit is coming to your town, go. I will not soon forget that night. And I'm really excited to share my thoughts and Jen's beautiful photos over on our website, marinadepodcast.com. 
Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.